Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Well, hello, everyone. It is good to be with you on the Digging Deeper podcast. I am Brian Wilmarth. I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, we're recording this just a few days into the new year. So, yeah, we just hope that this this podcast finds you wherever you are today. Um, looking forward to what God has in store for you for this next year and, and looking for his faithfulness. I'm here today with Kirk Bodie. Hey, Kirk, thanks for joining us yeah, today. Sure. Good to be here. Yeah, and it was great to have you preach this last Sunday. Always a pleasure and a work, work that's a good work for me to do. Yeah, for sure. So, Kirk, uh, if you don't know him, he's been a longtime member of, of New Life, uh, one of the, even the founding members, which is really cool just to kind of see the, the longevity that you and Barb have been here. So, so my first question as we're going to dive in, uh, I noticed that you referenced like six different songs in the message. Do, so do you remember all the songs that you had? Cause I, I was trying to count and I didn't write down which ones, it, which ones it were, but I think I counted six. I mean, contemporary songs? Contemporary or like old, old, old school songs, but just songs, Christmas songs, yeah, whether you're right. Mary, did you know, or whatever. So Mary, I think I counted six. Mary, did you know all is well, <laughs> all is well. Yep. yep. And it is well with my soul. Handles, you're right. Handles Messiah. Handles Messiah. Yeah. Then I did Mariah Carey. Yeah. Right. Burl, right. Lives. Burl Lives. That's right. Yeah, so you're right. You, you, you had a lot of Christmas the, the music. music of Christmas. That's right. <laughs> and then the, the, what a, the song of Simeon yeah, is right, a right. music of Christmas, but is. we don't look at it that way. No, no. So tell me, why Simeon? Like, what what brought you to to want to talk about Simeon? Well, it's the week after Christmas, yeah. and uh, you notice that the Christmas story that everyone knows uh, we ended abruptly, and the very next verse dives into kind of a often uh, overlooked part of the Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. People think Jesus was born and then we find him in the temple at age 12 or something. Mm-hmm. But there's this episode with uh, Simeon and Anna in the temple mm-hmm. that often gets overlooked because people turn the page from Christmas, start the new year mm-hmm. and go into something else. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. I, it's one of those things that I I know I've read, I probably heard preached on it maybe once or twice, but it is. It's often neglected. But we often talk about like the wise men, the magi. Right. And that that happens well after right. the birth in in terms of actual time, but we skip this little little yeah. section here. So I'm glad I'm glad you felt felt the, the nudging of the spirit to preach on it. And, and I thought it was a really helpful message. So you started out talking about the concept of like a bucket list. Right. And, and I, I love that because, yeah. um, you know, we, my wife and I, we've, we've got a bucket list of places that we'd like right. to visit. And so, you know, that's immediately what I thought of, but I love that you asked your family. Like yeah, your, your that was, grandkids just, that was and, Saturday before Sunday. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and it, 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 re, it revealed a lot of things. My granddaughter says the North, she wants to see the Northern Lights. Yeah. And even her mom yep. and dad are looking at her like, really? We Whoa, didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so the bucket list question is a great question that people should ask themselves and ask other people. Mm-hmm. But then I asked my grandson, who's 13. Yeah, yeah. And he says, I don't know. I never thought about it. Don't, <laughs> don't think about it. And it's like, well, and that's when you're 13, you don't sure. think about dying you nope. don't think about death and it's there's no bucket list yeah yeah but that was the point that you were essentially yeah. servicing like okay we have a bucket list things that we want to do maybe they're fun and all that but really like are we thinking about death are we thinking right. about the end and is that on our minds and and essentially you were driving to get to that idea yeah. like are we are we ready to die right um, now for me, I, I've heard that question, um, sometimes in a good way, but sometimes it's been in a bad, like, yeah, are you ready to die? Right. And it's that little bit of that fire and brimstone kind of thing. And I think there is a little bit of our culture that kind of 
especially in church, avoids that. Like we're kind of reacting against that whole approach to thinking about faith and Christianity and, and you know, am I going to go to heaven? But I actually really appreciated as I listened to your, your sermon, I, I appreciated that question afresh. Like it is actually one of those that's really good for us to wrestle with. Like, are we ready to die? What are we going to say when we're face to face with God for the first time? Like, have we thought about that? And I think, again, sometimes it, we can, it can be spun in an unhelpful way, but I think what you did was remind us that this is actually a good question. Yeah. And, you know, life is, goes by so fast, and yeah. everybody's busy and hurrying here and there and everywhere. Rarely do you ever have a chance to stop and just think about, well, what about, am I ready to die? What about, am I prepared for the future? Yeah. And life goes by really fast. Yes. And it's nice to pause once in a while. Yeah. Because I think it it is... What I appreciate about the question is it it reminds us what is most important. Like right. when you get to the end, you, you, the the things that come to your mind, like when it's all said and done, w- what's going to rise to the surface? Yeah. What is most important? And and that's what I appreciated most about the question. Am I making the the important things the actual important things? And really, that should be Christ. Right. Like He is the most important thing. And are we making right. that true? Because we spend a lot of time, like I mentioned in the message life insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about estate planning or advanced directives yep. like yep. powers of attorney and stuff. And and you even equally need to spend time, am I spiritually yes. in a place where life is okay and I'm ready to die? And yeah. it's not so much of a morbid, but it really has to do with assurance of salvation. Yeah. Have that, and that affects your life no matter what age you are, that, mm-hmm. that I don't have to worry and fret about whether I'm saved or not. I can put that issue to rest and I mm-hmm. can move forward and ministry and doing what God wants me to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was for me, the the main takeaway, um, addressing that, that can we have assurance? We do have assurance. Um, and, and I definitely want to circle back around yeah. to that in our conversation. Cause that, that I think is really the heartbeat. What I, what I appreciate about one aspect of Simeon, like he, he as a character represents that for us. Like yeah. we, we can have that assurance. There is something about that that comes through in his story. So I, I love the question yeah. and it was a really challenging one for me. And it, it's a good reminder, I think, um, of, of where our focus should be. So right. I appreciate it a lot, but maybe let's dive in a little bit to some of the things that what we saw with Simeon and his story. So a couple of things that you mentioned that maybe we wouldn't have known, but like the consolation of Israel right. as an example, um, you know, it's like, okay, what's that all about? So maybe give us a real quick recap. And then we can kind of push into that just a little yeah, bit more. In my message, I quoted two verses or two passages from Isaiah mm-hmm. about comfort ye my people. And yeah. it's uh, um, that, they, that they're looking for a Messiah who's going to bring comfort or consolation. And that meant different things to different people. To some people, it meant they're going to re- release us from the power and oppression of the Romans. Yes, yeah. And obviously, Simeon didn't really see it that way. Mm. Um, but, but the idea of, of consolation and bringing comfort is a is a great concept when you think about it is that it is well with my soul that I mm-hmm. can be comfortable I don't have to be anxious yes the opposite of that yeah yeah and that 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 peace that comes from that consolation that comfort because like thinking about Isaiah right you know they're they're in a a desolate time they they haven't reached the exile fully yet but that's coming like it's almost God is pronouncing like the, right. This is all going to end. The kingdom is going to pot, and and it's 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 not looking good here. And yet, 
there will be comfort. There will be some restoration that comes, and that's part of my Isaiah's message. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm hearing when I hear Simeon. Like, there's restoration coming, yeah, and in a greater way, yeah, um, yeah. And so I, I find that really helpful because you know, coming back to the question, are we are we ready to die? Are we wrestling with that? There can be that assurance. There can be that restoration. Like we we can have that that. I don't know, that that encouragement on right. the other side of death. That's like that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Yeah, you know, it is, yeah. It's just like you can just take a deep breath and think, life is okay. It is well with my soul. Physically, mm-hmm. things may be out of whack and maybe your physical health and world events, but it is well with my soul. Yes. And yep. you can take a deep breath and think that's a, that's a good place to be, standing yeah. with God. I'm that's in right standing with God. Yeah, absolutely. And and no greater peace right. comes with that. We, we try to find peace in other ways like, you know, my life is crazy and my schedule's so full and I just got all these challenges where and we kind of want our the settling, like that peace that yeah. comes in life. Um, but as we're gonna even talk in a couple of weeks with uh, Jake Harper, he's gonna preach. Yep. Um, and how life can be kind of chaotic. We're so busy and all that, and we just kind of want that to to go away. But really what that represents is the need for a greater peace, yeah. a, a deeper rest, and and that only can be found in Christ. Right. And I think that's part of what you're trying to point to what I think Simeon is trying to mm-hmm. point to, which mm-hmm. is huge. So the other thing that you mentioned um, was the offering of the sacrifice of the two the two birds. So remind us about that and, and talk to us a little bit well, about people what you there. Well, people, the 33rd day after circumcision, so this would be the 41st day after Jesus was mm-hmm. born, they have to present themselves in the temple. Yes. And every... That's the firstborn male. Yeah. And they had to bring an offering. And it was really supposed to be a lamb. But Mm -hmm. if you can't afford a lamb, which is relatively expensive apparently, Mm -hmm. then you bring the pigeons. Yep. And and so that's what they probably brought because they were were poor. They were poor. Yeah. Uh, But you had to bring an offering. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's what's fascinating is they obeyed the law. They obeyed the Old Testament. Jesus comes and turns the world upside down, yet Mary and Joseph... Just like when they traveled to Bethlehem to obey the, the census, they 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 complied with the law of God as they knew it at that time, mm-hmm. and they yes. did the circumcision thing after eight days, and then they did the the presentation in the temple, the purification thing after thirty three days, mm. and yeah. they were obedient to the commands of God as they knew it to be. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what strikes me. We we don't live in a in an a society where we have to sacrifice like that to give in that way. You know, we give our money, our cash and, and that kind of thing. But um, like, yeah, they're poor. Right. Like this, the offering they offered was for those who didn't have. And that's, that's Mary and Joseph. Right. They were, they were poor people. And we, I think we know that sometimes, but it's, it's good for us to be reminded of that. They, they were, they were on the lower end of yeah. all this and yet they still did it. Yeah. They like, were obedient. Yes. Like, and it, it probably was a, a pinch for them. Right. Like, uh, this was hard to do, like, to come and offer the sacrifice. Like, it, it was a stretch, and yet they still did it. And I appreciate the character that that represents yeah. for Mary and Joseph. And it was a day, like like I said, it was a day like any. No one was looking for the Messiah yeah, that right. day. Yeah. Nobody was. Right. I mean, it was they just another baby. Uh, here comes a young couple with a baby, so mm. the priest or whoever the guy on duty that day would get up and do the purification rites with them. And yeah, they probably yeah. did, maybe they may have done several that day because there's lots of little babies sure. being born yeah, all the time. Yeah. Just a regular another day in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. But here they come. Yeah. And, and so then let's, let's transition then to Simeon. So here's Simeon. 
he's in the temple and you kind of talked a little bit about this. There's this guy, like he's probably a little weird to most people, but he keeps coming each day and, and here he's, he's waiting. And it, it, the text tells us that, you know, it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. And, and I love um, one thing that you, you highlighted, but didn't go too deep in, but the, like the Holy Spirit revealed to him and the Holy Spirit was with him. Like that's the, the mm-hmm. language in, in verse 25. So here's Simeon. He's, he's been told in some form, you're going to see the Messiah and the Holy Spirit's with him. So here he's waiting day in and day out, probably we- weirding other people out like you kind of described. So maybe comment on like that piece, the, the fact that he is, he's waiting. We don't know how long, but he has no idea when. And what that might have been like, like just reflect on that with me for yeah, a minute. Yeah, we, as we know, we, a minute ago we talked about how hurried life is waiting for on, for anything, whether it's waiting for your meal at a, sure. at a restaurant. I mean, yeah. pe- Americans especially they don't like to wait. No, oh, no. And no. here's this guy waiting, and it could have been, I, you know, day after day, months. I don't know. It could have been how, years. Could have been years. Yeah. Um, and he's waiting uh, for this Messiah to come, and. He says he's devout and righteous, I think yeah, is what it yeah, says. Yeah. And so that's the kind of guy he is. And he's yeah. patient. And and I don't know if every day he went to the temple. It says the, the Holy Spirit told him to go to the temple that day. Um, he's hanging around and mm-hmm. it became kind of a joke. Like there's that old man that's yep. been waiting there for days or weeks or perhaps years. Yeah. Um, and so, so if you translate that into the second coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. in terms of us today waiting yes. for the second coming of Jesus, yep. um, how do you wait? And mm. it says he was devout and righteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was hearing from God. Mm-hmm. So I think the lesson for all of us, including me, is, well, as I wait mm. for the second coming of Christ, do I just idly wait by or do I listen to God and do I respond to the promptings of God much like Simeon did? Yeah, yeah. So there's lessons in the waiting. Yes. And and I've found, even for me personally, especially over the last you know, four or five years, how important learning to wait well is. It It's one of those things that I think, like you said, Americans, we don't like to wait. We want everything fast. We want to fill our time. Like uh, d- having downtime or, or not doing anything boredom, oh, man, we just we can't do that. And so we're, we're really bad at waiting. Right, we are. I am. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel it too. But I've, I've found um, over the last few years, the Lord has been teaching me a lot about waiting and how in, in, t- in that time, it's not, it's not as passive as we think it is. Like there's such an activeness to waiting and it's actually really good for us. He's doing more work than we even imagine. And so the value of slowing down of waiting and, and being patient. Um, man, that's some of the best stuff that we can right. do. And you know, it's never too late. As an older guy myself, mm-hmm. you, every time I run into and we presume that Simeon was an older guy. It sure. doesn't really say that, that exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's like, he, he spent a lot of years, who knows doing what, but then yeah. when he's an old man, suddenly he has this great interaction uh-huh. that God is never, you're never too old to be involved in God's story. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And and again, it doesn't have to be this huge, really active kind of thing, or, or you know whatever. Sometimes waiting right. is the very good work that we're supposed to do. Right. Um, and, and I'm I'm just I'm learning that more and more, and and how how it builds that patience, builds resilience in our faith. I mean, I'm I'm assuming he's he's probably been going to the temple for a while, and there's probably those days where he's like. 
maybe I didn't hear right, or or maybe this isn't going to happen right. for me, or you know, I, I I'm I'm sure those doubts kind of crept in, and yet he he stayed the course. If nothing else, he 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 yeah. saw the fulfillment come and, to and pass. put up perhaps with some public derision. You yeah. know, like yeah. when he would say, "What are you What are you waiting for?" Well, I'm waiting for the Messiah. And why is that? Well, because God told me mm-hmm. that I wouldn't die till I see the Messiah. Then they really thought that was the guy was off his rock. Yeah, right. He was nuts. Right, right. Um, so, and, and, that, and just kind of like Noah building the ark, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, people scorned him and probably joked about him, but he was confident in what he had heard from God and yeah. was waiting. Yeah. Well, and maybe even similarly with Mary, and maybe Mary and Joseph, but she's pregnant, but before they got married. So I'm sure everyone in town yeah. was kind of like, what do you mean you heard from the Lord? Like they're 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 skeptical that I'm assu- I'm just I would assume that that would have been the case, and they probably would have been yeah. ostracized. Like there would have been the public shame that came with that. Um, so the, 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 to run the clock, Ed, to us, yeah, do we yeah. do as we as we live our Christian life, and do people look at us with humor or scorn that mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there, do you actually believe that stuff, Bodie? Yeah, you know, yeah. you really think that's going to happen? Mm. Um, and the, we need to stay true to the scripture and yeah. hearing from God to, yes. and be confident yes. that yes, it will happen. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got to remain steadfast and yeah. solid, and and with humility, like we can be obnoxious about it, but we're to be humble but confident and 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 resilient. Right. And and I think I see that with Simeon. I see a steadfastness. Um, and he, he waited patiently until one day it finally happened, yeah. you know, and, and, um, I'm curious, you know, like, did he, how did he know when, like the, the text doesn't really tell us. And so it's just going to be a mystery, but it's like, oh, that's the one, you know, and what that would have felt like in the moment, like, oh, finally it's happening. Like, you know, um, after all this time, however long it was, he, it's actually happening in this moment. Yeah, so, so it's, that's why Simeon is so fascinating. It talks about him hearing from God. He heard from God that he won't die until he sees the Messiah. And I wonder, how did, that, how did hearing from God go down for him? Was it mm-hmm. a nudge? Was yeah. it a, did, maybe the angel Gabriel appeared to him like it yeah. did to the other. Yeah. And maybe it was a dream or mm-hmm. maybe something. And then it, then it says... Uh, that day the spirit led him to the temple. Yeah. So yeah. how did that actually happen? Did yeah. he just feel an impulse or did mm-hmm. the spirit come to him and say, get down to the temple, today's the day? Yeah. Um, but so the concept of hearing from God. So yes. I look at myself, how open am I to hearing from God in whatever way he mm-hmm. wants to speak to me? Yep. Through the scripture, through dreams, through uh, nudgings of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'd like to think that I would. I'm open and yeah. re- willing to hear from God because yeah. what if he heard that nudge that day and st- go to the temple today, Simeon? And he says, "You know, I've been going there for so many years. I, today, I'm taking today off." Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And but somehow it was made clear to him. So I appreciate. Mm-hmm. He's a fascinating guy because he really was attentive to the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm. That's why you know, we don't get the mechanics in the text of how that happened. You know, we're wondering a few things. But what I appreciate most is that. What we I think can walk away with with Simeon is his, his character. He he was attentive. He was obedient. He when he sensed the Lord was doing something, however that came, he responded. Right. And you know it's one of those things that I'm curious for us maybe as a church to explore that question. Like how do we hear from the Lord sometime down the road? But it, it says he was devout and righteous. So yes. what, so what does that mean? It probably means he spent time 
in prayer. Mm-hmm. It probably means mm-hmm. you spent time in the Word that He would know it at that time. Yep. Yep. Uh, meditation and mm-hmm. and and that's the best environment that God will often speak to people when yes. they are really tuned into Him. If we get so busy and distracted, mm-hmm. uh, we may not hear the voice of God. Like, and yeah. He was devout and righteous, so yep. He heard from God. Yeah, and I think to me that's one of the compelling aspects of hearing from the Lord. Sometimes I think there is biblical precedent for us to hear, you know, kind of surprisingly or, or out of the norm. But I think what most often we see is people who are fulfilled with the Holy Spirit and they are, have they, they have the character, they have the training, they've, they've been present with him over time. So it's almost like a learned kind of right. skill. And I think that's what we see with Simeon. He was righteous and devout, which means he was spending time with the Lord. Yeah. And so he's learning along the way, little by little, to recognize the voice of God. And I think that's that's probably the thing. We, we want the supernatural, really surprising and unexpected, yeah. like voice from heaven. But I think more often than not, God speaks to us two ways that are just ordinary or, or more on the ground. And I think we have to learn how. Yeah. And I mean, so I, today I, I, was driving, I was driving and uh, uh, there's a fellow that I need to, that I met with a week or so ago and I felt his name came to my mind. I'm, mm-hmm. I'll give God credit as a nudge or an impulse mm-hmm. that I need to, Call this guy, and yeah. we need to. T- I need to touch base with him again, mm-hmm. and that's. I consider that hearing from God. Yeah, very minor, yep. mundane kind yep. of stuff, but yep. um, that's, yeah, that's God. And what? Yeah, why would I think of this person right. kind of randomly? Then maybe you just did, but I tend to think that's more right. the Lord calling our attention. Right. Yeah, and I think can we respond? And right, you know, let's take advantage and see that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So the the couple of things that Simeon says. So he he talked, and you re- mentioned this that. He, this child, this Messiah, is going to be a light uh, of revelation for the Gentiles. And so it's not just the Jews, it's not just Israel, but it's also the, the Gentiles. So you had this component where you highlighted, he's for everyone, and yet, with the blessing to Mary, he's going to cause the rise and fall, and he will be a, a sign where there's going to be tension. So like, it's almost simultaneously, he's for everyone, and yet he's going to separate and right. distinguish. So maybe reflect on that a little bit more, that, that tension and what Jesus is coming to do when it comes to salvation. Yeah, and so the part about the Jews and the Gentiles, I mean, that was pretty radical at mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm. to say that including the Gentiles. And right. then, so the world, I guess you could say, is the Jewish people and Gentiles are everybody else. Yes. So it is for yeah. all people. Yes. And so yeah. you could read that if you stopped right there, you think, well, Jesus came to save everybody. Yeah. And then you go to the next part and it's like, well, not uh, so on. much. Yeah, hang on. It, there's the there's the, it, the rising and falling, mm-hmm. there's the have and the have nots. Mm-hmm. Even John 3.16, I love to quote that, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son. Then yeah. it says, but whosoever mm-hmm. believes... So there is a, con- a condition or an exception to everybody yeah. uh, being saved. Yeah. But he does come and offer that yes. to everybody. That's, it is that's, for that's, everyone, yeah. yes. It's, it's the good news. Yes. So, and the angel says, to all people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now he says the same thing, that the, this good news is for everyone. Yes. Uh, but there is a decision that needs to be made. Exactly right. And, and that's, that is, it is, um, it's a decision, it's a choice, it's something that we've got to take some ownership of. He's extending the offer. It's available. Right. There's no barrier except our own choice to receive it. Right. And and I think that's I love the that's coming through with with Simeon's comments and, and his blessing over the family. You know, this this is this is a significant moment. Salvation for everyone. Accept it. Yeah. And and I think that's ultimately where you kind of landed with this challenge. So you're asking the question like 
bucket list. Are you ready to die? Right. And what I love is uh, those two questions that you kind of shared with us. Are you ready to die? Or do you know what's going to happen when you die? And when you do, why should you get into heaven? And I love that second question too, because I think sometimes even Christians, we, we don't actually know the answer to that. Like we right. kind of know, but we don't know how to articulate it. Right. So reflect on that. What, what is, what's the assurance that we can have when we answer that question? Why should we get into heaven? Well, and you're right. If you ask that question, and I've asked that question to many people, and, and you get some variety, a variety of answers. Mm-hmm. Like, like, well, uh, I led a good life. Yep. You know, why should, I'm when, a good person. When God says, why should I let you in heaven? You yeah. say, well, I'm a good person. I was yep. born in America. Mm-hmm. I've perfect record at Sunday school. I've got <laughs> yeah. Bible verses memorized. Yeah. I've had 15 right. years of quiet time days sure. in a row. Yeah. And so we tend to reflect upon what we do mm. versus what was what mm. was done mm-hmm. for us. Um, and 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 that the idea is that you can you can know that if you die tonight, you can go to heaven. But it's also when you read the scripture it's because of what Christ did yes. on the cross. Nothing we can add to it. Yeah. Uh and I can't remember if I've said this before, but I, Rick Warren has a, has a quote in one of his books, his story. He says, some guy came to him and says, well, what must I do to be saved? And Rick Warren says, it's too late. Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. <laughs> and I love, I love that story because it reflects upon it. It's nothing we do. Yeah. It's, it's merely accepting what yep. Jesus did yep. on the cross. Yes. Um, and yeah. So that's that's the really the, 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 the critical part that Christians yep. need to know Number one, that they're saved, and what is the basis of their salvation? Yes, yeah. Otherwise, you get a false assurance, and, and then yeah, and then it's there's, it's too late. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah. The answer is like I'm with Jesus. <laughs> that, that's the answer. It's yeah. Like, why should you get? I'm with him. Right. He he's he's got my pass. And I think sometimes we do default back to this again, a very American sort of thing. Like it's what I do. It, what we do matters, but that's a response. Right. It's like it's an evidence of. He's changed me. I'm with him. And we, we then live that kind of life. But that's not what earns it for us. We don't do anything to merit it. Um, but it's totally a received kind of thing. And so that's why coming back to assurance, I love that you landed there. We can have assurance. If we say, I'm with Jesus, I'm following him, I'm just going to screw up, but I'm still like choosing to be with Jesus. Like I'm, I'm making him Lord that's what gets us in, and right. we can have that assurance. Right? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think about some of some folks that I've interacted with over the you know the years, and I do hear that that question a lot. Like, can I really know? Like, there's that that yeah. doubt that exists, and that doubt's I think it's okay, but we can know the right answer. It's, you don't have to doubt. You can know because right. you align yourself with Christ. And many people, they if they sin, which we're all mm, going to yep, sin, they yep. think. I think I lost my salvation. Yeah, I've messed it up. And they need to understand what the Bible says about that, about yeah. repentance and confession and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you don't lose your salvation when you sin. And you and if you spend your life fretting about, mm. did I... Every like, little thing. Yeah, I've, yeah, I guess am I in good standing right now because I sinned yeah. before? It's like, yeah. you know, need to put that... Your energy needs to be spent in positive areas rather than mm. just stewing or worrying about, am I saved? Did I lose my salvation? Uh and that then wastes a lot of energy that could be put to other better yes. uses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the assurance doesn't come in what we do. It's right. what he's already done, and we trust that. Right. Yep. And so, yes, the answer is we can have assurance, and right. we can be confident, and nothing we can do will will change that when we keep our hearts like, aligned to him. Right. So, yeah. I love it. And that that's a great message that often sometimes we don't hear at Christmas. And I love that we can 
look at Simeon, look at his life, look at what um, his brief little interaction yeah. in the story of, of Christ, what can that tell us about interacting with him and having that assurance? So, yeah. yeah. Kirk, I, I appreciated the message. I think it was really helpful. It was really cool to explore Simeon, you know, post-Christmas and, and seeing a, a story we often don't don't come to. So grateful for your for your work and your preaching on Oh, it. I love it. Yeah. It was it was good stuff. So, well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We uh, we hope it was encouraging to you. Uh, we're excited about what's coming up next. So we're actually going to do a little bit of a different service this coming Sunday. We're going to do a prayer and testimony service. So we're going to be able to just hear about God's faithfulness to our church family. Then we'll have a, another Sunday, um, kind of a standalone with Jake Harper, our, our youth pastor, our student life pastor. He's going to be sharing for the first time in, in service. So I'm um, really excited to have that. And then we're going to come back to a, a series digging a little bit deeper into our vision statement. So I'm really excited and looking forward to that. So next several weeks are going to be awesome. We're, we're looking forward to how God is going to be teaching us. So um, love to have you join us. Join us uh, in, in person on, at 10 o'clock on Sundays if uh if you're listening to this and that's part of your pattern, awesome. But if it's your, if it's not, you just happen to be catching this, we'd love to have you. And uh, so hope that uh, you can make some time to join us and be a part of our, our church community. But uh, regardless, thanks for joining us today. We hope it was encouraging to you. And uh, we pray that you have a great day, great week, wherever the Lord finds you. Thanks for joining us today.